Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In episode 25 of the NFL Vent Zone, we discuss quarterbacks, quarterbacks, and some more quarterbacks. Get involved and get it off your chest. Let's go. Hello everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone. Ollie on Dan Yates and not Chris Tebbett this week. Ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. And I suppose it's now the trials and tribulations that come with the off-season. What have you made so far and how are you doing, Dan? I'm doing well, mate. I'm doing well. Um, the off-season so far, I think there's been a good start. There's been a lot of QB news, as you know, which we're going to go through today. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot more to come. I know we're not really going to talk about it, but the big one that is on the radar is there is some chatter about Tom Brady coming back again. <laughs> I know, which, which is just ridiculous because he even said in his uh, in his speech or his video, he said, for good this time. It's just, it's, that's frustrating. I don't want him to come back. I think he's better off staying away. And also, we're one of the teams that he's actually linked with or there's theories about so ah uh, i don't know uh but yeah you're right the nfl offseason has been good uh i did write a, i did write a blog about the uh about the start of the offseason uh so please do go, do go check that out on our website and i actually can't tell you the url off, off the top of my head so this is a brilliant start um but in my blog i talk about the fact that this is genuinely a very very fun time of year it's not like other sports is it where the season finishes and you're just kind of left a bit bored. I mean, if you think about some of the worst teams in the league, this is where 17 weeks of misery actually turns to anticipation, excitement and speculation. And really, everything is possible. You could convince any team, any team could try to convince themselves that they are a playoff team for next year. So um, I think that this is a fun fun period of time for a lot of teams well for everyone um and uh yeah it's going to be exciting to see what it holds uh but you are listening to the nfl vent zone and we're going to start by breaking down some of the moves of the offseason so lamar jackson unsurprisingly is the first name that we are going to discuss did you think that there was two weeks ago what did what percentage chance did you think that he wouldn't be on the Ravens. I haven't worded that very well, but I think you can get what I'm, what I'm getting at. I do. Um, I thought it was probably like 20 to 30% that he wouldn't be on the Ravens. So he wouldn't, right. Um, yeah. Uh, now, I thought there was a an 80% chance that he wouldn't have a long-term deal with the Ravens, which is completely different. Um, but yeah, the the longer this goes on, to your point, the more I think he's he's not going to be there. Um, 
because it doesn't seem like a very happy camp at the moment. Well, I think that the unrestricted franchise tag is a signal. It's a it's an open invitation to say if you want him, you can have him. And yes, they have the ability to to retain him and to match the contract. But I'm pretty sure everybody understands that when you when you put in a player that's as important as he is in that position, when you put a unrestricted franchise tag on it, that to me very much suggests that he's not going to be there, right? I actually look at it a different way. Like, I thought they would do the unrestricted franchise tag because it's the best way to keep him. And that sounds ridiculous, right? But this is going to go one of three different ways. Because apparently he wants a fully guaranteed contract. Now, his, he's come out and said that's true, but I think everyone in the league believes that that's what he wants. Right. And the Ravens aren't close to that. So this is a calculated gamble by them. Or they don't think anyone in the league is going to give him fully guaranteed money. And if he can get it somewhere else, they will happily say, great, that's either screwed up. Go. You go play for them. We'll take our two first two first round picks and we'll move on because we were never ever ever going to give you that so there's two there's two debates here and we probably don't have time to discuss both of them do we now the first debate uh is that is this surely a hangover from the deshaun watson contract right the deshaun watson contract was utterly ridiculous and the the league can't and it sets an it sets a precedent that Owners do not want to follow. They do not want to be guaranteeing uh, contracts at the most expensive position. That's one debate. The second debate is, are the Ravens right to do it? And like I said, we don't have time to discuss them both. But um, let's look at... Well, why do you think the Ravens are, not, uh, are willing to let him go? Do you think it is because it's just because of the money? Um, for me, it's also the fact that um, his injuries are a bit of an issue. I, I think that he... The last two seasons, he hasn't made it to the end. Um, do you think the Ravens will be making a mistake to get rid of him, fundamentally? If they can get two first-round picks for him, which they will, if he leaves, and if the team gives him the team that he goes to give him fifty plus million a year, I think the Ravens are making the right call. I personally don't look at him as someone that's worth fifty million a year at the moment. Fully guaranteed, I'm talking about not a you know, total number. Because the style of football that he plays is very, very physical. And he has not been able to play a third of the games over the last two years. If that continues, because his game is not getting less physical, so he's more and more likely to keep getting injured. So if that continues and he misses half the games next year, you're paying 50 million for what, eight games, nine games. That's not going to get you where you want to go. So comparing his to someone like Deshaun Watson is really hard for me. I talk just about the player, right? Ignore all the off-field stuff. But Deshaun Watson got that money because he doesn't get injured. Like, the Browns are pretty sure he's going to play every game for them over the next five years. Apart from the suspension, obviously. But he plays a brand of football that will last. Nobody in the history of the NFL has played Lamar Jackson's brand of football and played 15 years at quarterback position. Nobody it, it that is where it is just unfortunate because if you're just talking about the value of the position 
having a quarterback who is an ex-MVP, who's only 26 years old. Uh, two two first-round picks is simply not enough. And that's why the money is the issue. Because, like you say, he's yet to make it. He's had too many injuries and 50 million a year, if that's what he wants. You unfortunately just can't put yourself in your team in a position to pay that and and, and risk just having him not there for the crucial moments. Um, I think that's fair enough. And I think because if you're thinking about the talent, it's a no-brainer. But unfortunately, there's more to it than just the talent. Um, no, it, yeah, I mean, you look at... I'll, I'll just give you an example. Cam Newton is a much, much bigger shearer than him, than Lamar Jackson. But they both took a similar, you know, similar number of hits. They have a similar physical running style. And Cam Newton's body got to 30 and went, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and he fell apart. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, there's a good chance he falls apart earlier than that because he is not as big and he plays the same style of football. And that is what scares the crap out of general managers. You give him 250 million, he plays two years and then he can't play another snap. <laughs> or he's your backup because he can't play anymore. And you're on the hook for three more years where you know for a fact you can't win. And I think there's been a lack of interest in him because teams believe that he will want so much more than they value in that over a five-year deal. And if they give him what they think is realistic, the Ravens have been very clear, we will just match it. In league circles, they told everybody, if you give him a contract that we think is not, you know, 50 million plus, we'll just match it. So you'll be negotiating for us. Yeah. So that's scared off a lot of teams. Yeah. No, I think... Uh... I think that's right. That's a that was an interesting conversation, uh, if I may say so. Even having been a part of it, <laughs> I think that that's that has kind of changed the way that I look at it, and uh, I think it all makes a lot of sense. Um, now, a quarterback that has not struggled to lock in money is Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. Now, there's been a couple of contracts like this this year uh, where the team have declined the fifth year option only to go around at the end of the season and pay them fully guaranteed, well, pay them big contracts. Um, well, not in the case of Josh Jacobs, who he's just got franchise tag. But Daniel Jones has got himself in. Now, I might be wrong on this, but I made it out that he was the ninth highest paid quarterback in the league um, on a per year basis. So he goes from having his fifth year option declined. And then after one year, the same team think that he is now worthy of a top 10 contract now i know what the the big numbers can be distracting and when you actually break it down he is a uh, it's a two-year 80 million uh, dollar deal and uh yet yeah, hits his first year with brian dable um and uh obviously they had an incredible year uh and i know they didn't make it that far in the uh they didn't make it that far um later in the season but it still was an incredible deal a uh, year for what was expected of them but I'm not. I'm. St- I would be underwhelmed if I was a Giants fan. Personally, I would be underwhelmed. Dan, would you be underwhelmed, or what do you think you'd be happy to to have him locked in? I think I'd be delighted because two reasons. Firstly, they got the deal done just in time to be able to tag Barkley, and that's big because if they were to lose Barkley, I think that diminishes how impactful Daniel Jones could be. I think they are repairing the work very well. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is exactly what you said. It's not a long-term deal. It's two years, 80 million. So, or 82 million, I think it is. So, the the potential ceiling is very high. If you get him some receivers that can, 
you know, separate, not Kenny Holiday, um, then there's a good chance that he will take another step forward this year. And if he can take another step forward, then 40 million a year from now is going to look like a great deal for one year. Um, so the fact that if it goes badly and he doesn't take that step forward, they can get out of it after a year or they can get out of it after two years with no dead cap hit is, is significant because it gives them a lot of flexibility. So I personally would not be upset. He's a quarterback you can win with. I would say he's a average to slightly above average quarterback in the NFL. But so is Eli Manning. And they won two Super Bowls with it. So you can definitely win with someone like him. And this gives them the flexibility to put a team around him. And I suppose that despite the fact that they did have success this year, they are, let's be honest, still a, a year or two away from actually being genuine Super Bowl contenders. So it doesn't hurt to... It doesn't hurt to um, not have the quarterback yet. I guess they, they've still got one year ahead of them where they, they, they're going to be figuring some stuff out. Um, so, yeah, I take your point, and, and that, that does make a lot of sense. And obviously, just having I, some... See, I disagree with that. I think they genuinely believe that they have a small window to get to a Super Bowl here. And that's why they're tagged Barkley. Right. Because... You think that's they, a of intent? I do, Yeah. And it wouldn't shock me if OBJ went back there this year. It wouldn't shock me if someone like DeAndre Hopkins went there this year. And they went, you know what? We've got a year, maybe two years with Barkley left at his best. We can create a scary offense with him at the heart of it. And Daniel Jones is running and passing off the back of it. So their defense is not as bad as everyone thinks it is. And with a few additions, I could see them actually taking quite a big step forward. Well, they're in a... <laughs> they're in a tough division and uh yeah the, the defense isn't as bad as uh people think but let's be honest it still needs to improve a bit and uh it, it will be very much dependent on them adding some weapons but there are those weapons out there so maybe maybe i will be proved wrong um and in fairness just given that this time last year everybody thought that the giants were going to be the number one holding the number one overall pick that is a fantastic, fantastic turnaround by them. And uh, I think they're definitely the right winner of uh, Coach of the Year in uh, Brian Dayball there. Um, another con- another quarterback who's uh, made himself some money. Uh, we definitely knew that he was going to be leaving the building, Derek Carr. He has uh, he's left the Raiders. I think they made that crystal clear towards the end of last year. Um, the... Um, the uh, reunion with uh, his college buddy De- Deronte Adams did not go as planned, and uh, he is out the door. But for Saints fans, this is a great move, isn't it? I mean, they, they, okay. The one thing I did think: Do you think that Saints fans might be a little bit frustrated that they went straight in on this before Lamar Jackson received the unrestricted um, tag? The other way of looking at it: He is now the best quarterback in that division. And I wrote in my blog, uh, not only is there no star talent at quarterback position elsewhere in that division, there's no talent at all in that division at the quarterback position. Is it Sam Darnold still at the Panthers? you got Desmond Ritter with hundreds of question marks at the Falcons. And um, at the Buccaneers, you've got Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert. So Derek Carr puts them firmly as the favourites. Um, there's two questions there. Well, there's two points there, Dan. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, I don't think Sage Stan should be upset by the fact they did this before they thought Jackson would be available. 
I think it was pretty common knowledge in the league that Lamar Jackson was going to get the unrestricted tag. Um, and frankly, the Saints don't have the assets or the cap space to go get him. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't be upset about that at all. I think this is a good move for them because, as you pointed out, their division sucks. Like, it's the worst division in football that's not very close. Every single team is going to have a new starting quarterback this year. And unless there are some big moves that we don't yet see, or, you know, the Panthers draft, or the Falcons draft one of the, the four big quarterbacks that's coming out and they turn into a superstar immediately, Derek Carr will be the best quarterback in the division. And they, again, a bit like the Giants, I think the Saints are looking at it going, we've got a relatively small window where we've still got Alvin Kamara, we've still got the vast majority of people on our defense. They might persuade Michael Thomas to come back for one more year. He posted as soon as Derek Carr signed a deal saying, you know, thank you God or something. So he sounds like he's up for it. Wow. And if they can get him and Olave and Kamara on that offense with their O-line just about hanging on, wasn't great last year, but it was okay, and the defense got another year or two left, they think they've got a chance. So I don't hate it. Again, it's a two-year deal. If he sucks this year, they get out of it next year and they take a dead cap, cap hit for one year. All right. It's not, it's not, it's, there's limited negatives for them. I've got a fun question then, because uh, I think that the um, the Panthers are, um, I would consider the nearest threat, uh, obviously pending a quarterback move. If you, at this moment in time, where we don't know what the Panthers are going to do at that position, who do you have? If you had to make a ridiculously uneducated, well, if you had to make an opinion now as to who's going to win that division, would you go with the Saints or the Panthers? Saints. You go with the Saints because if you think if if the Panthers manage to get one of those, one of those top four or let's say top two quarterbacks, that's a pretty good team. Their defense is strong. Uh, obviously, they've got um, they lost Christian McCaffrey, but they could pose a threat. But you're you're saying. Derek Carr makes that team firmly the favourites and you would expect them to win. Right now, yes. Yeah. Um, and if I look at the, the QBs that are available um, in the draft I'm talking about, what you would have to give up to get from where they are at nine to go get one of them, it's going to really hurt you. Now, it might just be that you give up future draft picks. It might be that they look one of the teams they draft up, they move up the draft with, says, you know, we want DJ Moore as an example. Yeah, or we bit, want Brian Burns. If they give up DJ Moore or Brian Burns, then I, it doesn't matter. They're not going to win that division anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I I think there's so much competition. If you look at, I'm looking at the draft order now, you've got Vegas at seven, Falcons at eight, Carolina at nine. All of them want a quarterback in the draft. So the, the cost for any of those three to move all the way up to two or three when you've got Houston and Arizona and Indianapolis ahead of them, all of whom want quarterbacks, it's going to cost them so much that I think it will make them not competitive this year. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a fair shout. And um, the, Saints, they, the Saints have been a good organisation for a while. A little bit concerned about their new head coach. Last year was bad. Um, but again... Andy Dalton. Fair enough. They're going to be bad. Andy Dalton, Javis Wilson, not very good quarterbacks anymore. There you have it. Um, and the 
other good thing about Derek Carr, I should talk about this being coached, he understands the scheme. They play a West Coast scheme that's very, very similar to what he was used to under Gruden at Vegas. So it won't take him very long to pick it up. He'll pick it up very quickly. It's all the same terminology. It's 90% the same plays. So he's going to get that very quickly and get the ground. Yep. No, I think it's going to I think it's going to be good. I think it's some exciting moves, really, for um, for a lot of teams out there. I mean, obviously, Lamar Jackson's not gone yet, but I think we're what we're kind of landing on is that all of these teams have been sensible. They've not been hey, Cleveland Browns giving $240 million to... Uh, Yes, a very talented quarterback, but undoubtedly a question mark. We've got off, we've got teams here making smart decisions. Uh, all of them could get out of these deals relatively quickly, um, and they've not given two hundred and forty million guaranteed over five years. Um, but anyway, there's some good moves for the quarterbacks. You are listening to the NFL Vent Zone. You, we want to hear your vents on the show. I know we might not be venting today. We're just uh, giving a bit of a rundown, but we are here for you to get your vents off your chest so do send them to us nfl zone at gmail.com or send them to us on social media um right then that's a good look at the quarterbacks uh correct me if there's another one you want to talk about dan but otherwise let's move on to the big man king henry I want to talk about my quarterback uh, of course he knows me yeah so uh seahawks got a deal done with gino to bring him back uh which on the face of it was announced as three years 105 million uh, and actually, when you dig into the, the details of the deal, it's really a one million twenty-seven, or one year twenty-seven million dollar contract. Um, and the second year only becomes guaranteed in February. So this is very, very similar to what Derek Carr signed in Vegas last year, where the second year guarantees do come in, but not until February the following year. So realistically, this is still a prove-it deal for Gino. It's one year, $27 million, which is an absolute steal based on how he played last year. And this gives Seattle so much flexibility. Now, I know why Gino's taking it, because in his entire career to date, he's earned $17 million. <laughs> so he's going to get paid almost twice as much next year as he's earned in his last 10 years in the NFL. So if I was him, I'd have absolutely snapped the hand off for it too. But I think it gives the Seahawks the ability at five in the draft to look at, hey, can we take someone like Anthony Richardson, who is a phenomenal talent? He is, you know, he's he's more explosive than Cam Newton. He's the same size as him, but he's faster. He's more explosive. He can jump high, jump further. He set QB records at combine pretty much everything. But the guy can't throw very well. He has an enormous arm. But his accuracy issues are horrible. So he's a project, right? But if we could take him at five and sit him behind Gino for two years, who said he's happy to mentor a kid, that gives us a lot of flexibility. And if we don't want to do that, it scares the crap out of everyone that we've just talked about at seven, eight, and nine in the draft that we're going to take a quarterback. Yeah. So yeah. suddenly the cost for them to move up and take our, our pick has just gone through the roof. I, m- I must admit, Dan, I hate this. It is just, it's all just worked out so well. For the Seahawks over the last couple of years, it's just ridiculous. As a 49er fan, who I'm not going to complain, we've had a great time. Um, but you're living in dreamland at the moment. You ship off your quarterback, who arguably had a Hall of Fame career and won you a Super Bowl. You ship him off just at the moment where he turns shit, or maybe he was shit anyway. But he goes, and not only does he go, you get 
fucking beautiful reimbursement for it in the form of a fifth overall pick and then you get you get a nice pick next year as well and now you get Geno Smith who at one point looked like he people thought it was close between him and Drew fucking Locke and he turns into a a, a pro bowl quarterback but yeah yeah this is this is very 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 annoying as a 49er fan but i must admit if we're talking about smart decisions we're talking about teams making smart smart decisions and court and players being being like perfect this is just a match made in heaven because you all you if you're in a position like the 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 seahawks are you get a cheap quarterback and he's only gonna said he's happy to mentor someone how often does this happen why yep. why why do you get this so you get all the draft picks you also get a quarterback who's going to say, "Yeah, yeah, I'll make you." Ah, I think you're in a good. I think you're in a really good position, and uh, that's that's annoying. Yeah, and the, the flexibility it gives us in the draft is, is crazy, right? Because we've got five and twenty. So if we move back to nine and get another first next year for that, and we, then we get nine and twenty, and we decide to take two D line with pass rushers. It could be four quarterbacks, so you could move back to nine. Four quarterbacks. You get the fifth best player of the draft. You get the fifth best player in the draft. So, and you get the first round of next year, right? That's I'm not having. And 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 your rookies from last year, Kenneth Walker, um, who is your cornerback, Diggs. Corner. Who, yeah, who's your Tariq Woolen? Tariq Woolen. So she took two corners. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. both tackles. And both all who played all of last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, that's enough of that. I'm done done on the Seahawks. Let's talk about something else. King, well, why are we talking about your QB situation? Just walk me through that. Well, I vented about it last week. My well, my quarterback had a uh, successful um that had successful surgery today. One of them did, so that's good news. So uh, it looks like uh it looks like um uh oh my god. Brock Purdy is gonna be just about healthy for like the first game of the season. But then, this is that's on a perfect time frame, right? That thing he had surgery on a very, very important ligament for someone who throws the ball. It's right here, okay? I know you. This is an audio platform. I'm pointing at the elbow. That's important for someone who throws the ball for a living, right? Any tiny little mishap, and he won't be ready for the first game of the season. And boy, oh boy, does that create some like awkward situations i am very very much on the uh, trey lance train i'm i'm delighted that trey lance is going to get an opportunity because i wouldn't want it any other way frankly i think that we need to know what we've got there um but now we need to do we we now need to sign a third quarterback i mean we're going to carry a quarterback through we have to carry that many through training camp anyway but we're going to now have to sign a third quarterback so who do we get do we go for matt ryan like well, how do we find someone who's just happy to sit behind these two these two youngsters and then does that create an awkward dynamic where in reality I've got the answer for you. You've got Matt Ryan there. Don't say Baker Mayfield, because that is absolutely no. Andy Dalton is gonna no. come and be your quarterback. I'd actually rather have Matt Ryan than Andy Dalton. <laughs> like Matt Ryan is done. I think you could sign Andy Dalton to like a five million dollar deal to be a third quarterback and yeah, do, do, do you are right. If you if you consider that we had Jimmy Garoppolo 
I mean, he did take a reduced contract, but um, yeah, Andy Dalton will do a job. And uh, I think that the 49ers have learned that they need to be in a position where you prepare for injury followed by injury followed by injury. Um, anyway, talking about players who never... Well, actually, he did get injured last year, uh, as in the year before last. Derek Henry, the uh, most intimidating running back in the league, has been uh, put... Uh, well, has been advertised as available, essentially. And uh, obviously might not come as a surprise because the uh, the Titans have basically made all of their players available. Taylor Lewan is gone. Robert Woods is gone. Um, they're going to have to make some hefty, hefty changes to their defense as well if they haven't already. Uh, I think people have spoken about Tannehill being uh, a potential uh, candidate for leaving the team as well. So, yeah, Derrick Henry is just part of that fire sale. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yes. So Derrick Henry being on the trade block absolutely makes sense. Yes. Uh, He's, what, 28. He's got a lot of trade on the tyres over the last two or three years. I think in his first year in the league, he got 100 carries or so. Uh, So not that much. But since then, he's been the definition of a workhorse back, right? And uh, Bill Belichick always says, that he'd rather move on a year early than a year late for a player. Yeah. And the the uh, the Titans are just going down that same route. They would much rather move on from him a year early while he's still tradable uh, rather than give him up for free in two years from now. So I think they're going to get good value for him. You know, you're not going to get first, but they might get the Christian McCaffrey deal, right? They might get a second. They might get third, which given the state of their football team right now, I think they need. And plus, when Henry was injured with it, not last, not this season just gone, but the one before, they were still effective running the ball. So I think they think that it will, of course, be a drop-off. But if they can get a third-round pick, or if they can get a conditional second next year for him, I think it makes all the sense in the world. It does. They're, let's be honest, they've, they've got to be rebuilding. I mean, they're... they're... They started rebuilding when they traded away AJ Brown, and the general manager got um, got got cut as if got cut got fired as a result of that. They're, let's be honest, they're not going to get the Christian McCaffrey Hall. I like if you, I look at Derrick Henry, and I'm happy to be proven wrong. And to be fair, based on everything he's done so far, I probably will. But I look at him as 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 only having one good functional year left. Like just logic tells you that he can't carry on. Surely. Um, and Christian McCaffrey got was two, two uh, a second round pick and a third round pick, and I think even more than that. I don't see a team giving up that for Derrick Henry. Although, put him on the Bills, put him on um, Bengals, Bengals. Yeah, put him on the Bills or the Bengals uh, or the Eagles. Put him on the Eagles. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, he could be the difference for the, for for a team that see next year. I mean, to be fair, then if we're talking about a team that are running out of time. Um, or just getting fed up. The Bills, they 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 might just decide. Look, we just have to win. We have been we have been so close, and we're just getting so frustrated by just uh, just falling short every year. Uh, the bank, the Bills could be a good option for him. Um, but yeah, where would you want to see him go? I'd love to see him in the Eagles. That could be fun. Like, behind that offensive line, because all he needs is two or three steps. To- like if you want to bring him down, you've got to bring him down early. If he gets up to speed, he's hard to stop. Shit. Behind that O line, he would he would do a lot of damage. Imagine seeing Jalen Hurts. If, if, if coordinator and you got him and Jalen Hurts on the backfield. 
with AJ Brown, Devonta Smith outside, and Dallas got it. Like, good luck. That is the best. That is the best. <laughs> On paper, would that be the best offense ever? I mean, look, okay, I, I know that's a very... I would say it's... Probably the on paper the best offense since the Broncos in what was it twenty thirteen with Peyton Manning, when they scored a ridiculous number of points. When you look at the the talent at every position, but it's not just that; it's the fact that they've got that ridiculously good offensive line as well. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's something that I mean I don't want to see that. Obviously, Forty ers we got to get through the Eagles if we if we have any ambition to uh, to. Um, to get to the Super Bowl, but uh, yeah, that could be fun, right? Chris, producer Cash, you can't you can't demand us make like bold statements only to uh, only to back out. You got to come in here and you got to tell us why you think what you just written in our chat. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. <laughs> well, I've got lots of background noise, guys. This is why I, you know, I want to keep a professional right. element to it. But you know, you're quite No, I will be quick. I will be quick. <laughs> I just, I just, it's interesting bringing about uh, Henry and, and, and obviously I think we're talking more about running backs kind of goes on, but I just don't see the point in paying running backs. And I know it's something that like a lot of like draft analysts will say about don't draft running backs high and, and all that. But it, like you, you look at recent history and it just makes a complete, like it just proves the point, you know, like you think about Zeke, um, Gurley, uh, Cook, they've all been, well, Zeke and Gurley are two very clear examples of like, they're done now and they got paid. And then you also look at people like Cook, Connor, Barkley. They're all kind of trending in that same direction. And it just, sorry, I'm just betting about it now because it annoys me because like they should be paid more, but they're shit and they get injured. So, you know, no, like, I mean, it's kind of pointless. <laughs> I think the point is it, like, it's a slam dunk when you raise the names of uh, Gurley and um, Zeke because they were absolutely burdens by the end, by, towards the end of their contract. Uh, Barclays obviously just had the franchise tag, so it's a slightly different case there. But um, it is an interesting one because you look at how Christian McCaffrey changed the 49ers. They're valuable, they're valuable, valuable assets. But yeah, when you think that actually, I think for me, the key is, Dan, sorry, mate, we will come to you in just a sec. The key for me is how often do you see these running backs getting drafted in the third or fourth round or fifth or sixth round who are studs? Where did um, Isaiah Pacheco get drafted? Cut. Seventh. There you go. How often do you see this? And you look at the 49ers as an example. Elijah Mitchell, yes, he can't he can't stay healthy, but from a talent perspective and from the way he can change a game, he was a sixth-round pick, I'm sure. Um, the ones that are drafted high can be underwhelming. Anyway, Dan, sorry, I've spoken too much. No, I, I do get your point about giving them, you know, three or four-year contracts. And I don't think we're we're likely to see that again. Um, the the cap number for a franchise tag running back has gone down in the last two years. It used when you franchise tag the running back two years ago, I think it was like eleven and a half million. It's now ten point one. So that tells me. And for those that don't know, the franchise tag number is an average of the top five players of that position's salary for that year. So that tells me that the average for the running backs has gone down over that time, or certainly for the top guys. So people aren't paying on second contracts, but I think you will see two-year deals. You will see three-year deals, maybe, in the same way that the QBs this year aren't getting five-year deals. They're not getting three years of guaranteed money. They're getting two. And running backs should want that. 
because if they can get 15 million a year for two years rather than 12 million a year for three, fucking take it. But with Derrick Henry specifically, his number this year is the same as a franchise tag running back. It's 10 and a half million, which is not absurd for a guy. If you look at it that way of a one year, 10 and a half million dollar deal, the same as tagging Pollard, who's coming back from a leg break, or the same as tagging Barkley, who's had one good year out of four. I don't who I want. I want Derrick Henry. He's got at least one good year of being a top five running back in the NFL. It depends how much you pay for him, though. I think that's really the major thing, isn't it? If you've given up. I think even a third? Even a third, though. When you can get like Pacheco seventh round, why would you why would you pay that? Yeah, but how many seventh round running backs were taken last year? And we know the name of one of them. And he played like twenty five percent of the snaps for the team. Look, you but you you can justify a third round pick if you're the Bills. Or if you're that team who needs it to get over yep. the hump. Because your third round pick, you're expecting it to be pretty much a fourth round pick anyway. So like if you're as a one year rental, um is it, would there be a way that if you got rid of him at the end of the year, you might get a third-round compensatory pick back anyway? I think that's a deal that 40, Maybe. Like, 49ers are quite savvy with that. Where we, 49ers got... We've got, got seven. Yeah, we've got seven this year. We've got three, we've got three third-round con- compensatory picks. Um, anyway, running back. We've, we've had a... That's a quick scan through to running backs. Um, I think that's good. That is a good, um, good look. Well, we're going to have to... We'll leave it there. We're going to have to focus on some other positions next week Dan because uh, this has been very uh, um, offensive uh, centric and uh, obviously focusing on callbacks uh, have you been enjoying just a quick we'll have a quick word about the um, the uh, underwear Olympics I assume you've been enjoying yeah I haven't watched a huge deal I did watch some of the quarterbacks um, because uh, I think there's a lot you can you can get from them uh, firstly you know if I run through them very briefly uh, Bryce Young came in at five to ten and a tiny bit, um, and he came in at two hundred pounds, which was important. Um, but he's not going to play at two hundred pounds. He is a very small human being. He would be the smallest first round quarterback in terms of you know height and weight ever drafted. And a lot of teams will immediately say, "No, I don't. I don't. We, we're not interested in him." Because him getting hit by a 300-pound man over and over and over again is going to be a problem. He's going to break. Like, so he he didn't run. He didn't he didn't work out with the combine because, frankly, he put on 15 pounds of garbage weight so that he would be 204 pounds rather than 190. Um, so he didn't perform. Uh, Anthony Richardson is just a ridiculous athlete. Just a ridiculous athlete, the quarterback. He set uh, combine QB records for broad jump. Um, he set the records for the, the high jump as well. Um, he ran the 40 faster than Cam Newton. He's the same height and same weight as Cam Newton. The guy's a freak. But he's got the uh, he's he's got the throwing and uh, brain ability of uh, Trey Lance, right? Is that... His arm is better than Trey Lance. Yeah, and he's and a better athlete than Trey Lance. But I'm saying, like you said last week, where Trey Lance just is too raw, is that the same issue yeah. we have with Anthony Richardson? Correct. He is very unlikely to come in and be a starter on day one. Or if he is, he's going to be running you know, the Justin Fields offense. But if you're excited about Fields, this guy is quicker, stronger, and better arm. So the ceiling is absurd. 
So somebody will definitely take a gamble. Well, I can, uh, I can, I can unfortunately tell you that the ceiling isn't always that easy to reach. It's fun to dream, and I and I will continue to do so. Um, but it's yeah, just because the ceiling's good, and I think it is worth shooting for. There's always need to temper expectations. Dan, we need to get out of here, but if you've got another couple of quarterbacks you want to run through, you can do that very quickly. All right, very briefly, CJ Stroud is the safest pick. Uh, he is your traditional pocket passer. He's got the height and weight you would want from a quarterback. His throwing motion is mechanical. It's consistent. He's very accurate, mid to long range. Um, he reads defense as well. In any other... Uh, in any other draft, he'd be a he'd be a top five quarterback. I fully expect him to be the first or second QB taken here. Um, he is the, uh, you know, he should be a top ten QB in the league. That would be his ceiling. Is he going to be Patrick Mahomes? No, but the chances of him flaming out are the lowest amongst all of them. And then Will Levis is a guy that, again, has a big arm. He's got height and weight. You look for his mechanics are shocking. They are so inconsistent. He has such a big arm that he relies on that too much and his footwork is not where it needs to be. So he throws with his arm, not with his legs. And that is something that NFL evaluators will take seriously because it results in a lot of inconsistencies. All right. And we saw that with him throwing at the combine. All righty. So if you are a fan of a team in the top 10 of the draft and you want to be taking a quarterback this year, I hope that information was useful. Dan, I definitely think it would be good to get something out on social media about that. Um, so uh, make sure do to keep an eye out on that if you want further analysis on the quarterbacks. Uh, and just to clarify everybody, if you weren't aware, the underwear Olympics that I referred to is the combine. I realized that if you didn't have that context or hadn't heard that before, it might be a bit weird. But now I hope that conversation makes sense. Anyway, that'll do it for this week. Good one, Dan. I really enjoyed that. Um, hope you did too, everybody. Have a lovely weekend. And you know that you'll find us back here this time next week. Hopefully not talking about quarterbacks again. Anyway, Dan, have a good weekend, mate. We'll see you later. See you next week. That is probably a good one to start the podcast, actually. If you're telling me that I should be better. Sports Social Podcast Network.